Discover personally how the Word of God can affect a change in your life through the ministry of Apostle E.A. Ajay. Apostle E.A. Ajay is the founder and pastor of Devotional Light Church. He is also the founder of the Jesus the Answer campaign and an author of several best-selling books. Devotional Light Church is a vibrant church with people full of first love for the Lord. Now listen to E.A. Ajay. Today I'm teaching about something that is extreme important. And the title of my message is The Three Most. The Three The Three Amen. Compulsory. Please note the word compulsory. Stages everyone in the church must attain. Or the three compulsory stages every Christian must attain. But it's more like everyone in the church must attain. Amen. Amen. Because until you attain those stages, uh, you, you, you will struggle. Amen. Or you will regret. Amen. And each stage leads into the other stage. Amen. And each stage has its rule and its what? Place. Amen. So we are going to use look at it. And my prayer is that you will make sure you meet all these three stages. You attain all these stages. It is compulsory. Amen. There are four stages in the church. One is not compulsory, but the three are what? Compulsory. Amen. Before I mention what are those three stages I'm going to talk about? What are those three stages? Amen. Amen. Everybody in the church, should I tell the three stages now or I should hold it? Okay. Everybody in the church, everyone in the church must be saved. Not everyone in the church is saved. Or not everyone who comes to church is saved. Or not everyone who says I'm a Christian is saved. So it is important that everyone in the church, everyone who says I'm a Christian, it is important that you make sure you are saved. That is stage one. The stage two, or the second one is, everyone must make sure they become a matured Christian, a matured, saved person. You can be saved, but not mature. And because you are not matured, you won't see glory. You won't see certain glory, and you will suffer. In fact, you won't even see that you won't be better off, or you won't see much better off than when you were in the world. We look at each one. And the third stage is everyone must serve God. There's difference between worshiping God and serving God. There's difference between salvation and what? Serving what? God. Amen. So these are the three stages. It's it's a compulsory stage because everyone who is in the church or who is a Christian is meant to attain at least these three stages. 
Praise the Lord Jesus. And we'll look at it in the Bible so we can understand it well. But before we look at the first stage, I want us to read John chapter 6, verse 25 to 26. Now we are going to read these scriptures, a few scriptures. But the reason why we are going to read these scriptures is to show you, for you to know, if Akim can put it on the screen, that would be great. If for you to know and understand that not everyone who come to church is a Christian mm -hmm. or saved. Not everyone who is in the church is a Christian or saved. Not everyone who says I'm a Christian is a Christian or saved. Amen. Because being saved is not a title. It, you don't inherit it. Read the Bible. God doesn't have grandchildren. He only has children. So you cannot inherit salvation. It's not a nationality. God, that's how the world speaks it. In, uh, America is a Christian country. It's not true. There are Christians there. You understand? Yeah. Yeah. Saudi Arabia is a Muslim country. It's, I, mean, I mean, get what they are, but there are Christians there. Amen. So it's not a nationality. Amen. So look at this scripture. Let's read it. Amen. John chapter 6. Amen. Amen. 25 to 26. Now, the reason why we are reading these scriptures is for us to understand that not everyone in the church or who say is a Christian or who is even doing the work of God is saved. You yeah. must know that. Amen. Please read it for Amen. us. John chapter 6, verse 25 to 26. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me, not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Amen. So they came looking for Jesus. They came looking for Jesus. And the Bible said, they said, oh, we've been looking for you, Jesus. We want you, Jesus. But the Bible, we just read, so Jesus said, no, you didn't come because of me. You came because of the bread. In other words, you came because of the gain. So there are reasons and motive why people come to church, why people are in the church, why people are in Christian. Some people, they come to church, but they are not saved. They are there for the healing, the deliverance. Some are even there for the socialization. Some are even there to use the church as a cash crop, the pastors as a cash crop. I've got people come and they come and they want money. I say, I don't have money and they are offended. <laughs> a lot of them, especially those homeless people, you give them tracts, they come, they want money. How many people have been come for deliverance, healing, and disappear? I remember one lady, deliverance, and after I told her, you have to be born again. Other than that, the thing will come back again. She said, okay, she left. We didn't see her again. And the thing came back stronger, a, a snake. And by God's grace, God deliver her again. And after service, I said, I beg you, you have to be born again. She told me she's not ready. She's not, since they haven't seen her. The last I heard of her, the thing has come back. But she couldn't come. You see, so people come to church for different, if it's not come for women or husband or men, not for Christ. So he said, you didn't come because of the miracles, because of, because the Bible, the miracles mean that, because the Bible said the miracles of Jesus, God at by that, God attests that he is the Messiah. 
So you didn't come because I'm the savior, because you are seeking for me. But you came because of what? The bread. So people do come to church because of bread. People do say they are Christian because of bread. Bread is what? what? They will gain. Amen. When we read Acts chapter 20, verse 29 to 30. Amen. Acts chapter 20, verse 29 to 30. Amen. He was speaking and he said, the moment I leave, he said, the moment I leave, savage wolves will come among you. Amen. To tear. Amen. The congregation. Amen. So, in the church, as Christians, amen, there are savage what? wolves among us. Amen. Acts chapter 20, 29 to 30. Please read it for Acts us. Acts chapter 20, 29 to 30. Yeah. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Mm -hmm. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. So Amen. he was talking to the church. People said they are Christian. He said, I know that the moment I live, savage wolves will come among you to tear the sheep. And even among you, people will arise with perverse teaching. You see, so there are people who are in the church or come to the church, and there are people who are Christians among Christians, but they are not sheep, they are wolves. You know that scripture, sheep, wolves in sheep clothing. So, so uh, the reason why we are reading this all is to make my first case that it is possible to be in the church but not saved. It is possible to be in the church but you are a wolf. How many so-called pastors have destroyed the churches they are pastors in by dividing it? How many worship leaders have destroyed the church they are in? And they all say, God says, will Barclays Bank destroy the credit branch to come and open another branch? When you are building a new house, will you remove the blocks and the pillars of your old house to go and build? You understand? So, this scripture is showing that not everybody in the church or who say he's a Christian is saved. Amen. Galatians chapter 2 verse 4. I've intentionally chosen Galatians chapter 2 verse 4. Because Galatians chapter 2 verse 4 talks about false brethren. Whenever you see the word brethren, it means brothers and sisters in the Lord. In the Lord. So it means Christians. Amen. Amen. And I know we always talk about false pastors, false apostles, false teachers. But you must also know that there are false brethren. So look at it. Amen. It says, and that because of false brethren, on our brought in, who came in to prevail, to spy out the liberty which we have in Christ, that they might bring us into what? Bondage. So there are false brethren. They are members who false means they are not Christian. They are not part of the members. But you see, they will dress like us, talk like us. They are not saved. They are false. False means it's not true. Not true Christian. Not true members. So all I want to know, they are false con congrants. They, they are false one. One lady joined the church. She joined the church. Very nice lady. Very nice behavior. Hey. But anyway, I know no man by the flesh. Then somebody brought her to the church. Somebody brought her to the church. And when she because when they brought her, she's been bleeding 
for years non-stop the whole month she will be like three weeks out of the four weeks and we pray for her and god healed her amen and she said she wants to join the choir this maybe about after a month or in the church i said okay you can join the choir why not then of a sudden she said to me this is maybe she's been in the church only two months she said to me she cannot stand the one who brought her to the church yeah, she said to me, so, uh, and I said, okay, if you say you can't stand the one, fair enough. But in the church, they we are to be united. So you have to flow. When the person come and say hello, you cannot say or ignore. Say hello. The person don't need to be your friend. But flow. No, he said, he was still insisting. Then I realized she wants me to drive the person away. <laughs> the person brought her home. No, I said, no. No, because the next service, when the person went to greet her, she didn't mind the person. So the person called me and told me, the person doesn't know the lady has spoken to me. So after serving, I made the lady know it's not acceptable in this church because unity is everything. We are family. And she was offended. She started saying, she even called Brother James that she wants a meeting with me. I said, I don't want a meeting. I I won't give you that privilege. And she left the church. <laughs> she left the church. False what? Christian. False Christian. Because that lady has been bringing many of her friends. So she wanted. You know, that lady was yeah. a witch. She wanted. Amen. So they are false Christians. So I'm trying to say that's because you, you, could, you could think that everyone who comes to church or in the church who says a Christian is saved. When they say that, is, yeah, they are saved. But note that not everyone who is in the church or who comes to Christ is saved. Some people are not saved. They don't even know they are saved. But because they've been in the church for a long time and they've been doing what the church does before, they think they are saved. Amen. Maybe last scripture or last two scripture on this. Amen. Which one should we read? First John. Amen. Chapter 2 verse 18 to 20 uh, to 19. Amen. The reason why I've chosen first John is different people come to the church. Different people are in the churches. You can even get witches, wizard in the church. Mm-hmm. They, they do come to church. They, they do come to church. Uh, the, the church is open, isn't it? Anyone can walk in. The only thing is they shouldn't be effective. They shouldn't succeed. They shouldn't be able to stay. But they do come. They do come to test. They do come on an assignment. Please, you, you understand. Amen. So look at First Peter, please. First John chapter 2, verse 18 to 19. Amen. I'm just trying to broaden our mind for us to realize that if we are in church, it's good. If we see people in church, it's good. But it doesn't really mean anything. Amen. Amen. Let's read it, please. First mm-hmm. John chapter 2, 18 to 19. Mm-hmm. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, 
that they might be made manifest Mr. that they were not all of us. Amen. Amen. So the scripture we just read, right? And I said there are many antichrists. Antichrist is they are everything antichrist. Everything that is God. And he said, this antichrist, they were among us. They went out with us, from us. And says so it's a sign because if they were one, they weren't antichrist. They won't be. So there are many people in the church or come to church that they are anti-Christians. <laughs> they are anti-Christ. Antichrist means anti-Christian. Anti-Christians. They hate everything Christ. Please, do you get it? In Job chapter 1 verse 6, amen. Job chapter 1 verse 6, when, Satan, when God and his angels met, Satan was there. Satan can stand in the presence of God. When Jesus finished the 40 days fasting and prayer, who was there? Satan. Satan. The only thing is, he shouldn't succeed. He, he cannot succeed. So people, demons, spirits, um, witches, all those people can be in the church. Please, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So look at Job chapter 1, verses. It said, when now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came along among them. There's a lot of scriptures in the Bible. People are in the church that backslide. You understand? There's a lot of scriptures that says, some will preach in my name, teach in my name, but I will say, I do not what? know you. So those who are teaching, preaching, and working, they will be working in the church for the church. But Jesus, I don't know you. Meaning, and they say on thy last day, meaning judgments, they away from me. So you can even work for God. You can even be preached. You can even be evangelizing. But you are not saved. So the first thing and the most important thing you must make sure you get, you attain, the first thing is salvation. The first thing, the first thing God has called as the main reason why he came is to save us. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, John 3, 16, believe in it, put it on the screen, yeah, will not what? Perish but have everlasting life. The only reason Christ came is first and foremost everlasting life. It's everlasting life. It's everlasting life. And Mark chapter 8 verse 35 or 36, 36 rather, say, what shall a prophet a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what shall a man give for his soul? So in other words, the church, the only thing that is the most important is your salvation. So if you come to church, if you are in the church, if you are a Christian, if you say you are a Christian, you must make sure you are saved. The miracles, the healing, the breakthrough without salvation is because 90, you will go to hell. That's not the reason why Jesus came. You see, the Bible says he went around doing good. He, he did good, healed the sick, oppressed. And he's a good God, he will do good. But you see, there's one thing that only he can give. And there's one thing that is eternal, salvation. Amen. Salvation. Amen. Mr. James, Mr. Gary, bring me the book, Salvation. Amen. Salvation. So it is important you make sure you are saved. That is the most important thing. That is the first thing God wants to see. If you are not sure you are saved, let me, let me 
after service, just take one of these books. It's free. Today is free. Free. Because this will help you to see whether you are saved. It's a very small book. If you read even a, a page a day, you will finish. Amen. Amen. Just, just get this book and read that is if you are not sure. Or if you think somebody is not sure, you are connected to them. Get them one of this. Today is free. Just, just give them. Are you really saved? Because we have people in the church. We have people that they are saved. But listen, are you saved? In fact, I think we have to read that scripture. That Jesus said, in the last day, many will come. Many will come. And said they will say, I heal the sick. In fact, let's read it. I think it's important we read that scripture. Amen. We heal the sick. We cast out devil. But I will say, I do not what? Know you. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. John chapter 7, 21 to 23. But this is not the scripture. But I want you to read this scripture first. Amen. So that we understand salvation. We will understand that it's a possibility. So you have to make sure that are you what? Saved. Is the first state every Christian or everyone in the church must attain. The business of the church is salvation and salvation only. It's not even about job. It's not about healing. It's not about deliverance. Because there are people who don't need job. They have jobs. There are people who don't need healing. There are people, they have health. There are people who have never prayed for money. They have money. There are people who have never prayed for marriage. Before they knew even the importance of marriage, they were married. So all those things are plus. But the main purpose is salvation. So if you're a Christian, you must make sure you are saved. First and foremost, one woman told me, she, she was struggling and somebody introduced her to the church. She told me, after she came to the church two or three months, she told me that her friend said, if you go to a church six months and you don't see a change in your situation, you have to live there. And I said, show me the scripture that says so. I said, the fact that you are even thinking like that, your situation will prolong. Because if God don't do it, you can't do God nothing. He's still God. You will be there. <laughs> Even those who are serving God are pleading mercy and you. <laughs> yeah, pleading mercy and you. You understand? Look, look at it, please. Let's read it. Amen. Yeah. John chapter 7, 21 to 23. Mm -hmm. Jesus answered and said unto them, I have done one work and you marvel. It was mighty chapter. Did I say John? Please, mighty chapter 7, 21 to 23, please. Yeah. I want, it's important we read the scripture. Amen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Matthew. Matthew. Mm -hmm. Have you opened your Bible? Yes, if it's Matthew here. chapter 7, verse 21 to 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Amen. So note, he said, not everyone who say, Lord, 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 will enter into the kingdom. So in other words, not everyone who say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I go to church, will make it to heaven. And in fact, you look at the word many. Many will come 
and say, Lord, I did not even only say, eh, I work for you. I was the usher. I was the one singing. I was the one preaching, evangelizing. And say, I do not know you. So you see, because of the word many, it is important. So here, if right now we should count ourselves, but minus us. But many means a lot. It is important you make sure you are saved. For a Christian, for anyone who comes to church, the first state you must make sure you have attained is that you are saved. Meaning when you die today, you go to heaven. Other than that, you've lost out. You've lost out. Amen. Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 to 7. It says salvation. It shows us the salvation is ongoing. Amen. It shows us there are a lot of scriptures, but I want us to use this one. Amen. Amen. So you must, there are a lot of scriptures. There are scriptures like examine yourself if you are still in the faith. In fact, maybe we'll read that one. There's a lot of scriptures. But look at Colossians for us, please. Is it a computer or the man? Colossians chapter Colossians 2, 6, verse 7. Chapter 2. Which is which? Is the computer. Uh, we want to know, so if we have to buy a new computer. But he's trying. This is his first time there, Amen. unofficially. Amen. 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 <laughs> uh-huh, that's it, that's it. Because the lady who does it said she's going to Joshua Generation Church, Youth Church. Yeah, so. Amen. But we overcome. Amen. Workers are coming. Workers are Amen. being raised. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. John, please let's read it. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 to 7. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 to 7. Mm-hmm. So then just as you receive Christ as Lord. So no, so just as you've received Christ as Lord. In other words, just as you have been what? Saved. saved. What, sh- what should you do? Continue to live your lives in him. Mm-hmm. Rooted and built up in him. Mm-hmm. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught. And overflowing with thankfulness. So it said Amen. now that you have been saved, receive Christ, continue to walk in him be rooted in him be established in the faith as you have been what taught so this shows that salvation is ongoing it is not like one saved because you've lifted up your hand you've been saved yes but you can lift up your hand you've entered you can walk out again if continue to walk in him you can continue and walk out of him Please, do, do you understand? So you must make sure you are saved. You are walking what? In him. Amen. There's a scripture that says, that says, work out your salvation with fear what? And trembling. Amen. So you have to make sure you are what? Working out your salvation, meaning doing the things you need to do to remain saved. Not doing the things you don't need to do to remain what? Safe, please do do you get it? Amen. Should I drive on? Okay, there's a script a scripture that I want us to read. Yeah, mm-hmm. because that scripture is very important, especially for those who are safe. And I believe those of many of us are safe. If you are not safe, it's not difficult to save. The Bible just make it very simple. What do you do? It says you just have to repent. Of your sins, meaning the sins you are doing or used to do, you've changed your mind, you won't do it, and accept Christ as what? Your Lord. Lord means master, meaning now you will obey him and follow and be baptized and just confess. It's that simple. 
cheaper than McDonald's. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. So make sure you are what? Saved. Make sure. You have to make sure what? You are what? Saved. And what is the second state? Make sure you are a matured Christian. You can never be matured when you are not saved. Yeah. You can never go to sixth form until you go to secondary school. Amen. So sometimes you are saved. Amen. But you are not a matured Christian. So being saved is good. When you die, you make it to heaven. But on this earth, you will struggle when you don't mature as a saved person. Even if you are not mature as a saved person, the probability of you backsliding, losing your salvation is higher. So it is important that each one of us must be determined to mature, mean to grow. You see the scripture we read, now that you are saved, walk in him, be rooted, have deep root foundation, be built up, grow, or in him. So this scripture is telling us that now that you are saved, it's not the end. There is a maturity, growing and rooting in him. You see, the reason why it is important and a necessity that as a Christian, you must be mature because if you are not mature, the Bible says you'll be tossed up and down of every doctrine. Not only that, but demons will buffet you. Not, not only that, but you will just be like someone who is not saved. You have all the behaviors of the world. So meaning you have the problems when you were in the world, even though you are saved. So it is important you mature. It is only mature trees or mature plants that bear fruit. And the fruit is the glory. The fruit is the beauty. The fruit is the juicy part. So it's a necessity. Once you are saved, salvation is not enough. I'm not the one saying it. It's the Bible. It said, be rooted. Now that you have, you have received Christ, Jesus as Lord, meaning, I think there's a version that said, now that you have been saved. Is the receive Christ as Lord means saved. It said, now walk in him. Be rooted in him. Be built up in him. And be established in the faith. He's talking about maturity. One brother, when he joined the church, after every service, I used to go to And I said, how did you like that service? Were you blessed? Say, yeah, I was blessed. And one day I went to ask him, say, yeah, now I'm very blessed. The first when I didn't obey the scriptures, the word you were teaching, I wasn't happy. But now that I obeyed, I'm very happy. He's still in the church. He told me, sir, say, now that I'm very happy. Please, you understand. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12 to 14. So the second stage is, maturity you must matured as a christian you must matured and you must decide to mature we will see how to mature amen ephesians chapter 4 12 to 14 mm -hmm. please are you following me yes mm -hmm. let's read it please 
Amen. Mm-hmm. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12 to 14. Mm-hmm. To equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Did you, to the then, sorry, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. So do Amen. not forget Colossians' commands that we are to mature. And now Ephesians told us, he was talking about why God gave pastors. He said to perfect the saints, the saints. Christians, yes. for the work of the ministry, blah, blah. He said, till we all come in unity of faith and of knowledge of the Son unto a perfect mount, to the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ, Amen. that we, oh, NIV, henceforth, be no more children tossed and what? Thrown. It means that if you don't mature, you'll be tossed and what? Thrown by every teaching and by every cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheme. So me and the Bible say that Satan is a deceiver. Bible says he's crafty. So till you mature, even though you're a Christian, you will fall to all the cunning, not only of Satan, even crafty men. And anything you hear will toss you, meaning you will not have faith. You hear this and you, you hear this and you were in the church. You've been in the church three years. You know the pastor. The pastor baptized you. You are singing in the choir. You meet a pastor from nowhere on Facebook. Two months time. He tells your pastor is not good. You move. You go and join this pastor. You don't know anywhere. You're a toddler. You're a toddler. You are told that I didn't say it. But the danger is said, look at what, not like I'm the one saying. He said, until you what, mature, you be like what, infant. Yeah, because until you attain the fullness, you are like infant. And you'll be tossed back and forth by every waves blowing you, every wind of teaching. Christians who are confused eh, are infants. They don't want to mature because the Bible is one. What are you confused about salvation? It is clear there. What are you confused about Titan? It is there. The Bible is not two. It's one. What are you confused about marriage? It is there. But if you don't mature like a child, you see how easy it is to deceive your child. That's what will be. So you struggle. And that's why you say, you don't even know this church thing is confusing, this Christian thing, this pastor is saying this, this pastor is saying this, because you don't want to mature. Look, it's an ongoing process, because remember, look at the 13. Or say, until the Son of God and become mature. Become mature. Other than that, you will be what? Those. And say, if you become mature, you will no longer be infant. Pray or prayer, fast or prayer, it won't make you grow. Even though to mature, you need to do that. You understand? I know the question will be, how do maturity come? And I'll show it to you. Should I show it now? Are you sure? 
Okay, Colossians again then. No, Hebrews. Chapter 5, verse 12 to 14. Because, you see, your faith, you, 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 when you are doing anything about God, the church, you never think of God. You are thinking about the pastor. You are not mature. Of course, when you think of God, you think of your pastor. But there's a difference not thinking about God and thinking about your pastor. See, one lady, one lady, whenever she pay her tithe, she would test me to let me know she has paid her tithe. And send me proof. And I keep saying, you don't need to do that. I'm the pastor. There's nothing that happened in the church that I don't see. I know those who tithe, those who, I know everything. You don't need to show it to me. Still, she will show it to me. Maturity. Because you really want me to see. Of course, I will see, but it, it, it is God. It's God. It's God. Amen. The reason why we are we've jumped to this is to show you how to mature. Amen. Please let's read Amen. it. Hebrews yes. chapter 5, verse 12 to 14. Mm -hmm. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, mm -hmm. and are become such as have need, need of milk and not of strong meats. Mm -hmm. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for mm -hmm. he is a babe. Mm -hmm. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Amen. Amen. King James, why, uh, NIV, don't be going to King James for me. Mm -hmm. So he gave the key to maturity. Remember, he was talking about Christians who have refused to grow. Yes. This scripture shows that to mature depends on you. Because he said, by now, they ought to be teachers. Mm. But still, they have refused. And now, instead of giving them solid meat, you still have to give them what? Milk. Milk. Yes. Please, please, I still have, after three years of being in this church, I still have to encourage you to be praying 15 minutes every day. What's wrong with you? Meanwhile, I've taught prayer. I've written about prayer. I have books about prayer. I've spoken to you on the phone, the necessity of praying daily for yourself. So you are refusing to grow. You are refusing to pray. You see, they, they are refusing. And say, so I can't. Now, now how do I tell you sit down one hour and pray only in tongues? And that thought will be gone. Because the 15-minute cry is a struggle. So you understand. So you are, because you are refusing to grow. Amen. But I say solid food is for what? The matured. Now how did they become mature? who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish between so maturity come by using the word other versions say practice look for that version so you can never mature till you begin practicing the word practicing the word means obey, obeying the word so to be a mature christian only come as you obey the word because no matter how you know the word of god as you obey the word as you obey the word, you now understand the word more. That is when the word affects your thought pattern, your behavior. All of a sudden, the way you see the same thing changes. But it doesn't come only from hearing. But it really comes by practicing. Look at it. Amen. Look at it. 
whose senses has been what are trained by practice. Yes, amen. So you can that, that's why I said you cannot really mature because of prayer and fasting alone. That is only five percent. Have you not seen people who are very prayerful, but they are nothing like Christ or Christian? Because what about the 95 percent that things the Bible says we should do, we shouldn't do? So maturity to mature come by obeying the word. So till you obey the word, because if you are obeying the word, eh, if, you see, now, now the Bible means something else to me. Yes, than first. What do I mean? When I was a Christian, the Bible was meaningful to me. The same scriptures, but now as a pastor, that same scripture means something else to me than when I was a Christian. For example, the scripture we read earlier on says, Christ gave some apostles, teachers, prophets, evangelists, for what? For the, to equip the saints for the works of the ministry. When I was a Christian, that scripture means that my pastor needs to equip me for the work of the ministry. The way I will be equipped, both spiritually and physically, will depend on who is my pastor. Now, as a pastor, that scripture don't mean that to me. Now, as a pastor, that scripture means to me that now I must make sure I equip the saints for the ministry. That God will hold me responsible if I see someone who has, and I don't equip the person. You see, so as you obey the word, the meaning you see clearly begin to change. It begins to have impact. So it comes by what? Practicing. If you, pay, you start paying tight, you see that you begin. the first thing you begin to do is begin to experience some joy. Whenever you are giving the money, there's some excitement in your spirit. And that one you never experience, no matter what I say, till you start doing it. You see that all of a sudden there's some boldness in you before the Lord. Oh yeah. There are things you will never know, you will never experience or even understand till you begin practicing it. When I talk about when you start exercising, how your body will pain you, and you've never exercised before, you think, ah, but if one's body pains him, how will he continue to exercise? How do they continue? But see, when you start exercising, you feel the pains and you see, but you see that after three days, those pains go. So it comes by what? Practicing. Amen. And it's important. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. Amen. To 3. So the first scripture we read, efficiency. Other than that, you'll be tossed about. You'll be confused. You will be confused. And you fall to the deception of the enemy and to cunning men. Anything anybody will say will mean something to you. Even though you were shown clearly, like, like SDA. SDA. They used to come to me, Jesus, the answer come. They stop. Because when they come, I'll take the Bible and I'll open Colossians. I'll say, listen, the Colossians say, do not judge anyone regarding the Sabbath days and any holy days. And you are doing the same. You are using the Bible to tell me about the Sabbath. But the Bible is telling you don't judge anyone about it. They still cannot. I said, this don't need interpretation. It is clearly there. What don't you understand? But do not judge anyone. 
I'll show another scripture that says anyone can, anyone who consider any day to be holy to him than is allowed. So after showing you this, if you won't believe it, you're on your own. You are refusing to grow. You are refusing it to go. So look at the first Corinthians chapter 3, 1 to 3. Amen. Mm -hmm. First Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. Mm -hmm. Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? So till you matured as a Christian, even though you're a Christian, you are just like when you're in the world. You are worldly. Enviness, quarreling full of pride we cannot say no to you cannot take orders you cannot be corrected it's because you are not maturing i didn't say it's the bible so until people mature you have such problems with them in the church the church that's why people come to them offenses if the person is a new beginner i don't mind but you've been in this church three years and you are working and i've taught you everything and you got offended because you were told to push on Please, you are still worthy. You are refusing to mature. Because maturity depends on you practicing it. You practicing it. So even this one, he say, you see, he was even blessed. Say, I couldn't. I couldn't. Not like he doesn't want to. Why? Because you are still not ready. You are still not ready. So you have to determine to mature. And it come by constant obeying the word, practicing. If we should go back to that scripture, you see the word constant. Maybe you go back to that, the Hebrews. Amen. Because the word constant there is key. The Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 to 14. Because constant practicing the word. Nobody tells me to pray. Because, because I've been praying, I've, I've prayed to the standard. Now, if I don't pray, I rather feel abnormal. Now, I can sense it. If I, I don't pray, it's just like I haven't, if you haven't eaten, you can sense it. Yeah, it's because you've been eating all the time. Do you know there are places that eat once a day? Yeah, and from morning afternoon, they don't realize anything. By you, 12 o'clock, you re- not even 12, 10 o'clock, you are aware that you haven't eaten. Because you are always eating 8 o'clock. That, that's the only reason why you are aware 10 a.m. that you haven't eaten. But if your first meal is 12, 10 a.m., you'll not be aware that you haven't eaten. So anything you are doing, you can mark it. If you are prayerful, consistent, and you even break, you feel unusual. But see, you will never experience this till you begin practice. Look at it. Where is it? Constant. Bring the NIV or the King James, please. This is what. Um, yeah, amplifier of Putin's. He used the word continually. So look, who by constant, the word constant, constant. So you are refusing to mature. So you are just like worldly. You talk like the world. When the world sees you, they don't see anything different. You act like them, everything. And that's why sometimes people look at you and there's no way they'll follow you to church. And you don't understand because truly you are saved by your own mature. Because you are just like them, perhaps even worse. Yeah. Amen. So not only will every doctrine drive us, not only will you fall to every scheme, every manipulation, but also you'll be fleshly. You'll just be like a worldly person. 
Nothing Christ will show. And not like you are saying, but because you've refused to mature. You've refused to walk in him, to be rooted in him, to be built out in him and be established. You must attain this. It's a necessity. You'll be a problem to even your partners, your children. Because they will look at you, ah, she, she's a Christian, but fully worldly, fully play. Because, you see, many times when we come into the church, we want to keep the world in the church. It, it, it has been a long life, but and forever. Because the person came worldly, even though he's saved. But you don't have to remain worldly. You have to grow. We are the sort. You see, sort affects whatever you put in. Please, do you understand? Last scripture on this, then we look at the third state. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 19 to 20. Amen. So this, I'm just giving you scriptures for you to know that it is a necessity. It is important that you decide to mature. But it comes by practice. It comes by practice. See, one lady said to me, now I'm good, I've stopped I'm stopped smoking and I'm safe and I'm not having more problems. I said, but you've stopped drinking and smoking is good, but you've not done anything. Norm, there are normal people who don't smoke and drink. You've just become normal, normal. You have not done anything for Christ or like deep. So don't think it's because of your character. Do you get it? I'm saying this thing. Many people, the fact that you stop doing the, the things that even the world say, it doesn't make sense. You think you've done well. You haven't done anything. You've just reset your normal. You've not even received what is of Christ from the word yet. You are not cheating. It's good. But it's nothing. You don't even need God to tell you not to cheat. Where do people don't cheat? They know you don't have to cheat. Even if they do, they are hiding it. So you've not done anything, nothing like don't. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Please, let's read it. He's talking about if you don't mature, this is what you also be doing. Amen. He said, you gladly put up with fools. Yes. Yeah. And you put up with everyone who will enslave you to exploit you. To take advantage of you or pushes you for himself or slap you in the face. Why? Go to the 20 quickly, please. That's 20. Yeah, 19 as well. Amen. The 19, back to the 19. Let's start from 8. And this is a sign of those who are not mature. 18, please. Amen. Amen. 18. This one there is clear. It's the laptop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since many of you are boasting the way the world does, I too will boast. Amen. The way the world does. Remember, if you are matured, you are this thing. And you gladly put up with this. Gladly put up with this. 
You put up of all. So when you see Christians, there's many a times 90% because they refuse to mature. They refuse to learn to pray for themselves. So everything the pastor or that brother or that prophet they don't know, they call on the phone. Must tell them do it or not do it. And before you speak to us, many a time we know the answer you want to hear. In fact, it is very easy to give you the answer you want to hear. In fact, it takes the fear of God not to give you the answer you want to hear, but to tell you the truth or what God has for you. Yeah. Yeah, we, we know you want to blame, you want to say, it is your stepmother who is the problem. So I tell you, it's your stepmother. And you are happy. Yeah. Yeah. You gladly, you gladly. You gladly. But all is a source of unmaturity. So if you refuse to mature, these are the dangers. These are the dangers. Last time I was dealing with a lady. There's a woman. The woman is not in the church. The woman claimed to be a spiritual person. And this lady is a Christian. And she goes to the woman. The woman gives her counsel weekly. And every month she gives the woman 700 pounds. Every month. Every month. For years. For years. For years. For years. 700 pounds every month. I told her, I said, I'm your pastor. You've never given me 100 pounds. You've never given me 100 pounds. I said, have you given your mother 200 pounds before? She said, no. Can't you see being bewitched? I have to deliver her. Here, here. Before she came to her senses. Before I told her not to give the woman money again. Gladly put up with it. Gladly. Gladly. Or exploit. One lady I visited her during the lockdown. She prays with somebody on the phone called a prophet. They've told her she can't travel. She can't travel. You could see fear has crippled her her whole life. Fear. <laughs> fear. You are United Kingdom. Somebody who is in Barbados has never traveled to Europe. Is the one showing you how to live here. Are you not sick? No, because every country and its system, the system of the country, even though it has a spiritual side, it's not a spiritual thing. It's a physical thing. The, who has never lived there, never traveled? How does it grant you the wisdom, the practicality of living here? She's dictating for you what to have come across such cases. You have to decide to mature. The only way you'll be free. I can pray for it, deliver you. That moment you'll be free. But till you mature, you fall to it. So mature. The simple way is practice the word. Any teaching you hear, believe it. Obey it. If you are confused, ask a question. Find scripture. Read it. Read it. Read it. And the test it. You must be a worker. You, you must be a worker. The first state, you must make sure you are saved. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. Because if you are not saved, you, you, you are doomed. The second stage is you must make sure you matured as a saved person. Other than that, you will suffer as a Christian. You will think it is, it is, it is in vain that we serve the Lord. Yeah. See, when me, 
me, I became Christian. One time I was standing. Somebody asked me, Jesus Dancer campaign. First time somebody has asked me from nowhere. So he said, since you became a Christian, what benefit have you had? Nobody has asked me. You were there. there. You were there. And with a split second, I thought, I said, and that was the truth. I said, I can see I've become a better person. No quarry, I have peace. Me and my wife, peace. Me and my children, I've become a, and that is, it is the, it is the truth. The troubles I used to have, I don't have those troubles again. I just a flash, I see that that is what. See, this person, his mother, his sister, his brother, his father, they've all come to see me. God, they say, since she met you, she has changed the whole family. Now they say she's the best. Before, they say she's the worst. Yeah, yeah, I'm being honest. One lady, she, the mother called me the Christmas. Say, I don't know what you've done to my daughter, but whatever you've done, I like it. I give it to you. I thank you. The mother, old woman, 80 plus, send me 40 pounds. That's how grateful the mother is. You see, but what the point I'm trying to say is, till you mature, you will suffer. And all these people, I have to tell them to mature. I have to put to them. I have to have them one-on-one several times. I have to show them from the scriptures. I have to tell them when they are wrong, they are wrong from the scriptures. I have to tell them things to do. Sometimes they'll tell me they won't do it. And I have to let them, they, are, they have to do it. And they will go and they will come back and they'll see that they will bring the same problem and say, the solution is the same solution, say you won't do it. Because the word of God is one. The word of God is one. Yeah. It's one. You see? So you decide that you mature. That is the way out. Decide. And once you mature, you'll be good. Amen. The final state is you must work for God. Matthew chapter 9, 37 to 38. Amen. You see, every Christian must work for God. Amen. So once you are matured, you must decide to serve God. You must fight and decide to serve God. Amen. Okay, please let's read Matthew chapter 9, 37 to 38. Men. Yeah. Matthew chapter. So you like this? If you met when you met Christ, if you didn't grow, maybe your husband will never be saved. You'll be surprised because your husband told me. He said, "I know my wife, but now she has changed." He said, "I know she has changed for good." You think if you didn't change for good, mm. she, he might even come against because the only difference is since he met you, things are going downwards. But sometimes not the pastor. The person is refusing to mature. So she's still worldly. So you wonder what, what is the purpose of the church? Yeah. Or the Christ or the salvation? Mm. And you too do understand because you know you are saved. But see, you are refusing to mature. So you are, you are everything. And everything is throwing at you. How can you call me and say, uh, I was there and somebody say, I should go and burn sage. So I went to burn sage. Are you sick? Somebody you don't know. And I watch on YouTube and he said I should sprinkle it. People call me with all those nonsense as Christian. Do you know the power behind it? The person behind it? But all is because of refusal to mature. They want quick fix something like One lady I went to her house. She claimed she no go. When I went to her, she's burning uh, these Muslims 
you know, incense, the stick one, and even the Buddhist one, they're drawing on it. That I feel tense up. I say, you are making the environment conducive for them, rather. Conducive. Where did you learn from? What pastor taught you that? Who taught you that? Somebody she's praying with on the phone somewhere as a prophet. I'm not against prophet too. I'm a prophet. My mother in the Lord is a prophet. I was ordained in a prophetic church. I grew up from the prophetic church. There are prophets among us here. So I'm, I'm not against them. Amen. I'm praying for the prophetic. It's one of my prayers. Very soon we'll start all night services. And that one will operate prophetically. Amen. But, but what I'm trying to say is always people like that, isn't it? Because they have to, they have to toss you, they must always say, I see, I hear. Itchy ears feed you with things. And because you don't want to mature, you, uh, uh, yeah. Amen. Okay, now let's read this. Matthew chapter yeah. 9, verse 37 to 38. Mm -hmm. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Amen. So he said the workers are what? Few. Amen. He, he's talking about the kingdom. Because the field is what? Wide. The harvest is plentiful, but there are few workers. To the extent I say we should pray for what? Workers. But look at the same Matthew. The same Matthew chapter 22 verse 16. It says many 22 verse 14. It says many are called, but few are chosen. So it means that it is not God's hard desire that there will be few workers. But it's because of the many he has called, more don't fit. More don't make it. No matter how you want people to drive your car, you won't give the car to one who can't drive. It's that simple. You need drivers. But the fact that you need drivers doesn't mean you give your car to a person who can't drive. For many are called, but few are chosen. So we are reading this to say that God is in need of workers. And the workers in need, he has been calling us. Are we responding? Are we responding? Are we responding? We are not responding. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Look at Malachi chapter 3 verse 14. When we read Malachi chapter 3 verse 14, then we read the 18. You will see there that, there he says, he will distinguish between those who serve him and those who don't serve him. So in the church, God is aware of those who serve him and those who don't serve him. In the church, there's a difference between workers and non-workers. We are not the same. Old. We are all saved. But a worker is different from a non-worker. Amen. Yes, please read it for me. Hallelujah. Look at God. This is God speaking. Old. Amen. He really liked the King James. Eh? That's fine. Leave it there. Leave it there. Leave it there. Leave it there. Oh, okay. It's all right. Amen. Yeah. Look, look at what he said. He said, you have said. Eh? You have said, it is futile to serve God. What did we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the so Lord? So you have said that it is futile. There's futile. nothing to serve God. The word serve means work for God. Worship means become a Christian. Mm -hmm. So people, many people think it's futile to serve God. But look at the 18. 
Hallelujah. What did God say? So these are what people are saying that it's futile. It yes. doesn't make a difference whether you, as a Christian you serve God or not. But look at what God said. And you will again see the distinction. Not the word distinction. Between the righteous and the wicked. Between those who serve God and those who do not. So there Amen. is a distinction wow. between those who serve God and those who don't serve God. Because they were saying it is futile to serve God. And God said you will see a distinction. So on this earth and in heaven, there's a distinction. There is a distinction. There is a distinction. So you must be, you must make it a necessity that you serve God. In Revelation chapter 14 verse 13, it says, when you die, nothing follows you. Those who die in the Lord, those who are Christian, they say only their works follow them. So their works means your job you've been doing for God. That is the only thing. So even if you are safe and you don't serve God and you get to heaven, there will be no works following you. What reward will you get? You will feel ashamed. Oh yes. Yeah. You will feel ashamed. Please do we read it? Revelation. Yeah. Revelation 14 verse 13 chapter 14 verse 13 yeah. then I heard a voice from heaven say write this blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on yes says the spirit they will rest from their labor for their deeds will follow them their deeds their deeds there is Amen. works other versions say their labor follow them Amen. yes and brothers and sisters for their works will mothers follow and fathers Amen salvation is different from work this is not your salvation your salvation puts you in heaven but your works is what follow you because when we read first corinthians chapter 3 verse 12 to 15 it says on that day everyone's work will be tested and depending on how you've done the work of god well it will be tested with fire then it will remain if not it will burn and say even if you burn you'll be saved but just that you will lose. Let, let's read it, please. Yeah. Yes, First Corinthians chapter 3, 12 to 15. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12 to 15. Mm-hmm. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved even though only as one escaping through the flames. Amen. Amen. Clearly, salvation is different from your rewards that follow you. So you must determine to have works, good works. You don't get saved because of good works, but your good works as a saved person will become what? A reward to you in heaven. Not only in heaven, even here on earth, because there's an eternal law. First Timothy Amen. Chapter 5, verse 18. That says that what? A worker deserves his wages. A worker deserves what? His wages. So if you are working for God, God has a way he pays you. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. You'll be surprised. Here on earth and also in what? Heaven. Please. Yes. Mm -hmm. Amen. Hallelujah. First Timothy chapter 5 verse 18. Timothy. First Timothy chapter 5 verse 18. For scripture says, do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain and the worker deserves his wages. The Amen. worker what? Deserves his wages. It's an eternal law. You find it all the way from Leviticus. Yes. Amen. So you must be determined to work for God. Amen. There's always something you can do. There's always something you can do. Of course, you must be saved. Because if you are not saved, your work will be meaningless. You will not even make it to the heaven for it to follow you. That's Note, right. the revelation we read say, Blessed are they that die in the Lord, so as Christians. Remember, Jesus said, Many can say, I cast out them, and he said, I don't know you. And you must mature. If you don't mature and you are working, the work will be a torment to you. Because you are so fleshly, you cannot handle people. You cannot deal with people. Yeah. Anything you, you see at workplaces, dynamics, or with neighbor, that in the church is more than times 10. But then you must fight to work for God. There's, what, there's a lot you can do. There, there's a lot. Especially now, the long time it has been like that but now it is even more because the ministry is online as well there's a lot you can do there's always something you can do the only problem many people think that serving the lord is evangelism praying and leading worship please that is only 30 percent there is a 70 percent there is a 70 percent and work will be work you see on this earth on this earth, work that we value are work that looks nice, isn't it? Or work that pay higher. But that is artificial. Because pay has got to do with supply and demand. Or that's all. The only reason why it is difficult, they pay doctors more, apart from their skills, it's difficult to get doctors. Because not everyone can be a doctor. But you see, it's many jobs like accountants, they get paid well. But you'll be surprised those jobs are not essential. When the lockdown come, they shut down all jobs we can do. Did they shut down those who pick the rubbish? No. Because we would have died. So in heaven, God knows the real value. So maybe you, your only stage is because you like praying because everyone will see you doing something. But you'll be surprised you get there. And the one who come to clean the church when no one is there is higher than you. Yeah. Why is that everybody wants to lead prayers, lead this thing, worship, or, yeah. Why? Nobody wants to be cleaner. Nobody wants to be salmon. No, nobody wants to learn instruments. Why? You'll be surprised. It will be tested. You'll be surprised to say, listen, you were doing this show of course 90. I'm just saying this. There's so many things we can do you can do if you want to serve God. So you must be determined to serve God. If you find anything you are doing, you must be happy with it. One main reason, two main things people don't serve God. Should I tell you? Yeah. Will you be offended? No. You are my witness. One. <laughs> it's two main things. Laziness and unfaithfulness. 
Yeah, these are the two main reasons. Laziness. Lazy. Many people are lazy. Yes. See, many people, the only reason why they work secular work, because if they don't work, they will have nothing to do. But they are lazy. So they are so lazy, they will not serve in the church. Yes. And I will show you the scripture in the Bible. Like It's Jesus who said it. Yeah. And many too are not faithful. They cannot commit to anything. They cannot. And without commitment, you can't work. Any, your circular work, the moment you stop going, going, you are off today, off today, eventually they'll get rid of you. Agency, they'll stop giving you work. So it's lack of commitment, unfaithfulness, and laziness. This is the only reason that why a Christian or a mature Christian will not serve God. Will not serve God. This is the only reason. Let's read it from the Bible that we bring today's teaching to a close. Yes. Mm. And now it's even worse. People don't even want to come to church in person. Mm. They are joking. First Corinthians chapter four, verse two, please. First Corinthians chapter four, verse two. Yes. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. Amen. I want another version so that I don't need to explain the trust. Because the trust means work. Amen. Whenever you, they give you a work, it's God has trusted you. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be stewards. found trustworthy. Yeah, another version. Trust, stewards. That must be found what? Trustworthy. Trustworthy. Uh-huh. Yes. They're all stewards. Yeah, okay. They're all stewards. Yes. Stewards means the work you are work. doing. Yes. And the, there's only one requirement to be found what? Faithful. Trustworthy. Which is faithfulness. To be faithful is to what? Commit. You cannot be a cleaner if you are not committed coming every Tuesday and Sunday. How do you clean? You cannot be a drama if you are not committed coming every Tuesday and Sunday and Fridays. You cannot stand here and lead prayers if you are not committed coming here every Monday to intercede and every Tuesday and Sunday service. But you must be found. So this is why the workers are few. And remember the parable of the talent. Matthew chapter 24. When Jesus came, the people, the person who did not use his talent, he didn't work. Jesus gave us what? The reason. Let's read it. Amen. Yeah. 25, 26, sorry. Matthew 25, 26. So the first thing is faithfulness, Amen. lack of commitment. Amen. People don't want to commit to anything. You can never be part of anything when you are not committed. Amen. One of the things this year I will teach is commitment. Amen. Amen. Ma- See, yes. G- this is the parable of the servant. When Jesus came, the one who did not use it, Jesus gave the result. He's wicked and he's lazy. Laziness. Lazy. I even miss one. And wickedness. Oh yeah, many are wicked. Yeah, many are wicked. You can play the drum, but you will not play it. Yeah, yeah. You won't do it. And you know we need it. We need it. You can learn it. 
You can be skillful, you will not. So that's wickedness. You can meet our needs, but you will not. So sometimes you don't know that your laziness makes you wicked. Oh yeah, sometimes it's like one husband said to me, she's very wicked. Yeah, she said to me, she said, she's very wicked. She knows I will come home hungry. And she knows as for me, I like the eba. But she will eat sandwich because she can eat sandwich and sit down, not think of me. Wicked. I say, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, and it's laziness that is causing the wickedness. Yeah. 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 Me, 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 you can't give me sandwich. When Pastor Joyce used to give me sandwich, I, I've told you people before, I used to I used to feel sad. I was always sad. Whenever I ham sandwich, whenever I take it at work, I feel sad. Sandwich and coke can't cook. I don't forget, I can't forget it. But I ate it for a while. Very sad. So imagine my dinner is bread. No, 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 no. Yeah. Very sad. Hey. <laughs> it was winter time too. Hey. The weather was gloomy. Hey. <laughs> Church, what am I saying this morning? This afternoon. Oh, I'm saying that if you are in the church, or if you come to church, or if you are Christian, you must make sure that you are saved. You must make sure that you matured. And you must make sure that you serve God. All this one is up to you. The only call that God called is the pastor. We have even mentioned it. But even that one, it can be appointed. So you must decide that you grow in all these stages. Believe me, once you grow that, you have peace. It doesn't matter the number of things you are doing or what you are doing, but it only matters how well you are doing. Because the word faithfulness means wherever you agree, you are there committed to it. That's all that it means. If only you will become. But you must become for your own good. Because when you are saved, you, make, you will make it to heaven. When you are matured, you will enjoy the Christian life and work. You will attain the fullness of Christ. Do you remember it? Meaning certain problems you won't have. Meaning certain authority you have. You will receive wages on earth here whenever God prays. One of the prayers I pray for the workers of this church. Because there are prayers you can't pray unless someone pray for you. Do you know that? You cannot say, God, give unto me my wages. But I see me, I can stand and say, God, give them their wages. For they are serving you. They have been faithful. But you can't say that it's some way. Do, do, you, do you get it? Yeah, It's some way. And that is one of the prayers I pray. Because that's what the Bible says. A worker. Anyone who works at their place. Receive wages from there. Plus when you go into glory. Sometimes because you are serving God. Your children will prosper. Amen. Sometimes like that. All I'm trying to say that God will never fail. He won't take your wages. Because there's eternal rule. And he said whatever you lose here on time. He said he will give you what? A hundred fold. A hundred fold. So the time you are using, the energy you are using, the commitment of God has a way, he gives it to you. So all this is for your good. So you must fight. To attain each one, you must fight. 
There was a time we went to church. I wasn't even a pastor. This is a long time ago, maybe 12, 15 years ago. And my, my, I wasn't working there. And Pastor Joyce gave me money for offering. When I look at the money, it was three pounds. This is 15 years. She's my witness. After I told her never to give me less than five pounds for offering, I told her. Because I could afford McDonald's four pounds without thinking twice. Why should my offering be less than five pounds? You can ask her. I wasn't even a pastor. You see, I, and I wasn't working. But I was determined that, come on, I, that I can't give five pound offering. What are you saying? It shouldn't be that. All I'm trying to say, there are things you, 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 it's up to you. You must force to what? Enter, to become. If you lay back a womb, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And by violence, men take care of it by force. By violence. That, the word violence is forcefulness. I think it's an, anadia, anadia. Anadia, that's the word. It means forcefulness. He, she's Greek, so she understands what I'm saying. Forcefulness. Ananda, do you know what it means to pray every time and pray one hour, two hours? It doesn't naturally happen. You must be forceful and you enter and it becomes natural to you. You've heard the word of God. You know what this word means to you. Just stand up and pray regarding the word of God. Among other things that you pray, pray that may he help you, that you will be saved. May he help you that you will mature and that you will serve him. Pray, 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 pray. It's a necessity. It's a matter of urgence. Pray and ask God to help you. Ask him to help you serve. Serve, serve and be matured. We believe you have been blessed by the teachings of God's word. For audio CDs, videos, books and other information, please visit our website on www.devotionallightchurch.com. God bless you.